Well, it's a joy to welcome you again to Grace Wave Baptist Church. This is our Sunday school for July 24th, 2022. And we'll continue looking at the life of Daniel. And we're going to kind of go back to uh, last week and look at um, the verses that were at the very end. After Daniel discovers, uh, after the Lord reveals, I guess we should say, the king's dream to him and its interpretation, and uh, we talked about how David always, uh, David, Daniel always had praise to the Lord just, just right there ready to overflow out of his life at any given time. And uh, we're going to look at that just a little bit because praise is an important component of the Christian life, one that we don't often uh, think about as we should, and we certainly don't practice as much as we should. I heard uh, Zig Ziglar one time, some of you who are older remember him as a, a motivational speaker and um, that type of thing, spoke to a lot of sales organizations and that type of thing, wrote a lot of books, but he was also a member of First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas when Sammy and I were there. And uh, he was a Christian man. And he spoke one time and talked about the negativity that is in our lives. And I don't remember, uh, it's a long time ago, everything that he said, but he pointed out how quick we are to go to the negative. We um, will complain about the cold in the winter and then we complain about the heat in the summer. We're never really happy about that. He uh, talked about when it comes to uh, traffic signals, we normally call them stoplights. We tell somebody, go down to the third red light and, you know, turn right to get to my house. Well, what if all the lights are green when you're going through there? Uh, we, we focus on the negative part because they stop us. We don't think about the fact that they allow a lot of traffic to go through much better than a stop sign would and that it controls things and keeps things in order. And if you don't believe that, just uh, go to India sometime where Isaac and I have been in Mumbai. And uh, I think in that, in that city of, um, gosh, what is it, like 20 million people? I, I don't think I saw more than about three signal lights uh, while we were there. Everybody just kind of jams up into an intersection and honks their horn and then works their way through it. And... Uh, Boy, you get back to the States and everything is just amazingly ordered because of those things. And yet we always look at it from the negative standpoint instead of the positive. I think that is a result of the fall. And I think that's why the Bible never has to give us any command to, you know, be sure if you're going to look at something, look at both sides of it and be sure you see the negative side. We don't really get that thrust very much, even though that is there. And it's there in your life and in my life and in society. There's always a negative side, but there's always a lot uh, to be thankful for and to praise God for. And um, I think that, you know, we can find all kinds of triggers, it's kind of a contemporary word, isn't it? Triggers for praise. You know, we hear people talk about this is a trigger for my migraine. This is a 
trigger for depression. This is a trigger for something like that, some one thing or another. Well, what if we as believers, we saw things as kind of a trigger for praise? And I've, I've told this in church before one time, but I was um, actually coming to church. It was on a, on a Sunday morning and uh, it was cold and uh, I wasn't feeling particularly good, particularly well, sorry. And uh, I got in my uh, truck and started driving and then realized I had to stop and get gas. Well, I didn't particularly want to do that, but didn't really have much choice. It was uh, more empty than I thought it was. And so, you know, I stop and um, it's cold and I get out and I pump gas. And while I'm sitting there kind of uh, feeling sorry for myself, you know how we do, the, uh, the thought came to my mind, I'm on my way to church. I'm on my way to church and this is my attitude. I'm upset because it's cold. I'm upset because I had to get gas. Instead of thinking, it may be cold, but I slept in a warm bed in a warm house all night. But that morning I took a shower with hot water and I had clothes that were adequate for the cold. I really wasn't cold at that particular time. Even while I was pumping the gas, I was, I was okay with it. When I got back into my vehicle, it was heated. When I got to the church, it was heated. Can I not give thanks for that? Well, then I started, you know, being under conviction. I started uh, apologizing to the Lord and thanking him for that. And then I thought, you know, what would have made the day worse would be to have my car be out of gas on a cold day and to drive several miles from my home to a gas station and pull up to the pump and there not be any gas available. Maybe there was no electricity to operate the pumps or maybe the tanks at the station were just empty because we couldn't get uh, gasoline. And so then I started thinking about all of the different people that work on the electrical lines, even in bad weather and especially in bad weather, to make sure that we have power and that the power grid is operating. And I thought about how amazing it is that someone invented all of that and that people know how to make that run and they know how to fix it when it's not working. Then I started thinking about all of the people that work in the oil patch. And I thought about uh, the hard work that they do and then extracting the oil from the ground and then getting it to the refinery and then from the refinery to get it to the station that I was at so that I could pump the gas. I began to think about all of the things I had to be thankful for. And I began to think about how little it would take to disrupt all of that. And then I realized how blessed and how favored we are. You know what? It, it changed my whole mood. And then when I thought about the bigger things and the bigger issues of life, I have a family and they were all doing well and I have a family that loves me and that I can love them. A lot of people can't say that. Then I thought about salvation and I thought about knowing the God of the universe and loving him because he first loved me and that love was expressed by Jesus Christ when he came to earth and died on the cross for my sins and then rose from the dead and is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And then I started thinking about the fact that he defends me in spite of my sin, which 
you know, like you, we all sin, don't we? And then I thought about his prayers for me and his prayers for you. And, and everything began to change when I began to think of all that I had, everything in my life that came together in the right way so that on a cold Sunday morning, I could actually put gas in my truck so I could get to church on time. And all of those things are true every single day. You may take medicine as I do. Aren't you thankful? Because you don't have to go back very many years when the medicines that you take didn't exist. And I mean even the medicine that you might take for a headache or arthritis or something like that, much less some of the life-saving drugs and treatments that we have. When you think about the way that we live compared to the way that our ancestors lived, what in the world do we have to be unhappy about, especially in this nation? And uh, there's a lot of things that, that go on, of course, that we don't agree with and that we don't like. But uh, the amazing thing is we can talk about it and we have the freedom to talk about it. And uh, as long as we have that, we ought to. But we should never do it continually griping and being negative about everything. I mean, we act as though we are living in the worst place on the face of the earth when that's just not true. We uh, tend to complain about, you know, how many times have you heard somebody say, well, I just don't have a thing to wear, and yet there's a closet full of clothes. And, you know, we talk about, you know, well, I don't, I, I didn't have anything to eat. There wasn't anything that I liked. And uh, how long back do we have to go before our ancestors didn't really have a choice on what to eat? It wasn't, what are we going to have to eat? It was more like, how did you fix it? And so um, I can't imagine the way that they must live. Now, I say all of that just to kind of get your mind thinking. Everything we have to praise God for. So when the Bible says that uh, I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth, that really should not be very hard when we think about who God is and what he has done for us. When we think about the commands of Scripture, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, should not be a major effort for us to do that when we think about life and how God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness and how he has given us all things uh, freely to enjoy. It shouldn't be a big problem. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You know, we get all wrapped up and concerned about what is the will of God. Well, there it is that you and I would give thanks in everything, all situations. And that really should not be a difficult thing for us. And talk about changing the way that we act toward other people. How many times... Have you mistreated your spouse and you did it because you were in a bad mood? Not because of anything that they did, but because of something else that just kind of ticked you off or didn't go your way or you were out of sorts. And so then you spoke to somebody else or maybe one of your children or even your dog. Uh, and, and then you realize, I didn't have any reason to do that. And how different would it be if we really did what the scripture said 
and we really thought about the reasons that we should do it. It's got to be more than just singing the doxology every once in a while. It's got to be more than just saying an hallelujah or a glory to God or praise the Lord or something. Those are fine, but it's got to be more than just empty words. We've got to think about why and we've got to um, mean it when we do it. So uh, with that being said, we're going to look at Daniel chapter 2 and we'll look at verses 20 through 30. And thinking about this, praise is commanded in Scripture. It is practiced regardless of our circumstances, or should say to be practiced. And when uh, Daniel and his friends received an answer to their prayers, their lives and the pagan astrologers' lives were spared. Their praise would not have been empty, sterile, ritualistic, or even mindless exuberance. It's meaningful, it's thoughtful, and it is certainly doctrinal. Okay, so we want to learn from this, and we want to pick up on some things. So I'll give you the point, and then we'll read the scripture since there are 10 verses here. Number one, praise is an expression of truth. It's not just a mindless thing. I, I uh, get bothered by the mindlessness where people will say, I mean, you'll, you'll see somebody maybe on TV who is even an atheist, and yet they'll say, thank God that the coronavirus didn't do this or this or this. And I'm wondering, thank God, do they even know who he is? Do they even know what they are saying? It's a mindless statement. It's frankly using the name of the Lord our God in vain, which is a violation of the commandment. But then I think about how many times people say, oh my God, I can't believe that. And oh my God, look what happened. Same thing. That's using the name of the Lord our God in vain. And the Bible says he won't hold anyone guiltless who does that. I think about how many times I hear Christian people throw out an oh Lord every once in a while. Oh Lord, I can't believe you did that. Oh Lord, that is so funny. Those kind of things. That's using the Lord's name in vain. Think about how mindless and thoughtless all of this uh, can be. And so um, when Daniel gives this praise to the Lord, he's not just throwing out a word that seemed to be appropriate or a phrase that seemed to be appropriate. I wonder sometimes, even in church, sometimes when people throw out a hallelujah, do they know what they're saying? Do they Think about what they're saying. And uh, so here's what the scripture says. Verse 20, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. If you have understanding, where'd you get it? Not from yourself, not from discovery, not from any of that, but from God, right? Verse 22, he reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. So think about this with me when you think about what Daniel said. It may be exuberant, And it may be emotional. And I kind of get the idea that because Daniel and his friends know that their lives are spared, 
because God gave them the answer, they probably were not, you know, business as usual. This is a big deal. And we do get exuberant and we do get emotional. And I'm not anti that. And and this isn't to say don't do that. I'm sure they did. But notice that that is not what was driving his praise. Notice all of the things he says about God and every one of those things is true because praise will never contradict sound doctrine. It never goes against what the scripture says. For example, in uh, the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians 12, 3, they had a problem because they were using their spiritual gifts, especially the gift of tongues. And in their exuberance, they would use this ecstatic speech in uh, very ungodly ways. Paul says, therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. And that's why he was telling them, it's important what you say, and it's important to understand what you say. And that's why the gift of tongues, even in the early church, was to be done by one, and at the most, three, Paul said. Well, that wipes out a lot of what you see on TV when everybody starts up in it. Secondly, it was always to have an interpretation. And people don't do that very often because God was more uh, concerned with what people did understand rather than what they felt and the exuberance of it. And, uh, you know, when we think about that and we think about Daniel in this situation, even his praise Though it may have been in a language he understood, it was not to be simply driven by exuberance to where it was meaningless on a practical uh, scale. See what I'm saying? So number two, praise also is thankful. He says in verse 23, I thank you and praise you. Notice how they click together there. O God of my fathers, you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we ask of you, for you have made known to us the king's demand. Now, first thing that struck me was the plurals that are in here. Daniel didn't just say you gave it to me and I have all of this. He included his friends in it. Why would he do that? Because as far as I can tell by reading the scripture, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not really get the interpretation. Daniel was given the interpretation. But Daniel included them in it because, why? They prayed with him. And they were fellow laborers with him. And that ought to remind us that whatever we do, whatever we pray about, and whoever we are praying for, we're we're included in the work that God does in and through them. Prayer is not some second-class lame, lazy uh, way out of doing the work. Prayer is the work. That's where the battles are won. That's where it really takes place. And we ought to be prayer warriors with other people. But it also uh, struck me that he told the Lord, I thank you and praise you, because how can you give praise if you're ungrateful? And if you're ungrateful, what, what comes out of your mouth? What is it that's in your thoughts? 
as David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, what's inside of me, what's unseen, what's unheard, what's unexpressed, both of them, may they be acceptable in your sight. So that's what Daniel is doing here. It's as though what is in his heart, this heart that is full of thanksgiving and praise is now just coming out of him. And he even gives the Lord the glory in here. You have given me wisdom and might. This didn't just happen. And um, earlier in that first point, you know, think about the expression of God's power and might and his sovereignty. And now in point number two, David is amazed. This God who raises up kings and throws down kings, who made the universe, who controls the earth, he has taken the time to speak to me and give me this answer. So we're thankful for what God has done in the past. Certainly, and we should be. But we also should be thankful for what he is doing in the present because he is doing more than we understand. And that's why we give thanks always because even the things that we would deem as negative are working together for good according to Romans 8, 28 because we are the called according to his purpose. And then we also are praising him for what he will do in the future. Now, knowing the king's command, uh, pardon me, the king's dreams and fulfilling his demands has spared their lives. Not only their lives, but a whole lot of pagan wise men, sorcerers and magicians, right? And Daniel is excited about that. Kind of like I think about with the uh, Supreme Court on the Dobbs decision that Uh, takes out Roe v. Wade. Well, I'm not going to have any more children, so abortion's not an issue. And by the way, even with my three children and another pregnancy on top of that, uh, we never considered abortion for any of that. Why? Because we're pro-life. We believe that it's a gift from God. So why should I care about what the Supreme Court does? You see, I think God would have me and all of us, for example, be exuberant about what they did, thinking about all of the lives that are going to be saved. Now, I know it didn't completely do away with abortion. It just put it back to the states. And I know that some states are not going to outlaw abortion like ours probably will. But at the same time, you know what? A lot more babies are going to be spared Uh, than they were before when Roe v. Wade was in effect. We ought to be happy about that. And Daniel and his friends are happy not only for their own life, but they're happy because they have been able to be used to spare the lives even of those pagans. Number three, praise motivates. And praise not only motivates us, But our expression of praise motivates others. Have you ever noticed when one person raises their hands, usually there's several others that do it. It just, I hope it's not just monkey see, monkey do, but I do know this, it motivates other people. When one person says amen, usually that motivates other people to say amen during a sermon that type of thing. When one person comes to the altar to pray with somebody, that usually motivates somebody else. It's just the way that it works. Praise motivates. And it says in verse 24, Therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him, Do not destroy the wise men 
of Babylon, take me before the king, and I will tell the king the interpretation. Then Arioch, Arioch quickly brought Daniel before the king and said to him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah who will make known to the king the interpretation. And the king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? And therefore Daniel went and we'll pick up later on. So we find that David, uh, Daniel here, I knew I was going to do that again. Daniel here, he's motivated to speak up. Why? Because God has done a great work in his life and he has praised God who gives this knowledge and praised the God who has given him this wisdom. And what happens? He is motivated to speak up. Take me to the king. I can't keep this to myself. And so he goes before the king, which is an ominous thing back in those days, because the king had the power to kill you if you came in front of him for frivolous reasons. If you came before the king and you did not have it right, you were going to be in trouble. And Daniel knew that. But he goes before the king and he answers what the king has to say. He's not timid. He's not intimidated by all of this. He has tremendous confidence because he knows that God has revealed that to him. And number four, praise gives not only motivation, but boldness. People that praise God genuinely and from their heart tend to have a holy boldness. Verse 27 says, Daniel answered in the presence of the king, and says, the secret which the king demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. Boy, he just set himself apart, didn't he? Well, you better have the answer if you're going to say that. Well, no worries, because the God that Daniel has praised and talked about and that, believe, that he believes in as expressed through his praise has given him the answer. So he has confidence and he has assurance, blessed assurance. The old hymn says, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Do you have that? Well, then you'll be more bold as you witness to people because you know who Jesus is. This is not arrogance and it's not just empty words. Uh, this is not uh, any kind of revenge or to exalt self or do anything like that. In fact, Daniel is even making sure that, uh, as he said to Arioch, stop killing all of the pagan wise men as well. He was pro-life, I guess we could say. And uh, it, it benefited so many others because Daniel is just that kind of guy. And then finally, we find number five, that praise evangelizes, praise evangelizes. I remember my father-in-law telling a story about uh, trying to get to a, a meeting. I think it was a, some type of a conference somewhere and his plane is delayed. It has to land at a different airport. Then they have to get on a bus and they have to bus them the rest of the way in. And he's a little aggravated because he uh, will probably be late. He's going to be tired and um, it's going to be extremely inconvenient. And then he thought about 
The Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And he thought about the fact that he needed to be obedient, even if he wasn't exactly sincere in all of it. And so there on the bus, he said, kind of under his breath, Lord, you know, I don't mean this, but I want to be obedient to you. So I rejoice in this situation and give you praise for it. Well, as it would be, somebody said to him, did you say something? And he said to them, uh, yeah, but I wasn't talking to you. And he goes, no, 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 please tell me what you were talking about. And so Papa Sam started talking about God's in control. God is the Lord of my life. He has an assignment for me. He's the one that was in control of the aircraft where we landed. And uh, now he's in control of this. And I was just giving him thanks, even though I didn't feel it. I wanted to be obedient. And people started saying, wait a minute, what are you talking about? And before long, he had a crowd gathered around him and he was able to share the gospel with those people because he was praising the Lord. Wouldn't you like to have that type of experience? Then put it into practice like Daniel did. And Daniel, this doesn't just stop with, oh, our lives are saved. Everything is going to be great. He says in verse 28, this is where he gets really, uh, you know, the old saying is the preacher stopped preaching and started meddling now. Well, Daniel's getting ready to meddle. This is their life. This is their religion. This is what they think. And Daniel's going to contradict it. And he's going to, instead of leaving well enough alone, he's going to call their attention to something. Verse 28. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what he will do in the latter days. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream was going to talk about the major world empires that were going to come up, uh, including him and after him. Uh, and it says, and the uh, visions of your head upon your bed were these. As for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind while on your bed, about what would come to pass after this. And he who reveals secrets, notice how it always goes back to God. He who reveals secrets has made known to you what will be. But as for me, this secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living. But for our sakes, who make known the interpretation to the king, that you may know the thoughts of your heart. So Daniel could have taken the glory, could have taken the praise. He could have taken the adulation of the king, but he didn't. He made it very clear. Your wise men and other people who worship your gods and are a part of your religion, king, they can't tell you, but there's a God in heaven who can. And you'll notice that Daniel said, I didn't get this because I'm smart. I didn't get this because of who I am. I got this simply by the grace of this mighty sovereign God, the one true and the living God. Pretty bold thing to do in front of a king who's a pagan, in front of a king who is a polytheist, in front of a king who thinks that he is related to the gods and has been favored by the gods, in front of the king who thinks that his gods conquered your God, and that's why you're in Babylon, right? Pretty bold. 
So the existence of God is brought up, the exaltation of this God who exists, the exclusivity of this God. No one else can match up to him, not your so-called gods that were really demons. And then the expression of love and mercy and grace. This is who our God is. And so we uh, think about praise in these terms, and all of us have good reason to praise God, even in the worst of our difficulties. Think about Acts 16 that we talked about Sunday night, where Paul and Silas began to praise God when they had been unjustly beaten and imprisoned, and they're in the innermost parts of the prison in great pain and agony, And look what happened out of all of that. Praise is amazing. So the conclusion is, God is not good because of what he does or gives us. He is good because he is God. Keep that in mind. And therefore, he is always worthy of our praise. And we should praise him at all times. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Through him, let then, let us continually, emphasize that word, continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips, it's to be spoken, that acknowledge his name. In Psalm 119, verse 62, at midnight I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. And so, What they are telling us and what we see exemplified by Daniel is our God is so great, wonderful and powerful, loving and merciful, sovereign. And yet he has chosen to be involved in our lives. He's given us his word. We don't have to depend on dreams and visions that, you know, may or may not have happened. People can fake those kind of things. Uh, They may not remember them. Wouldn't you hate to have me get up in the pulpit and say, today's message is based upon a dream that I had Wednesday night? Or was it Tuesday night? Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, can you imagine? We can open up the word of God. And as the apostle Peter says, we have a more sure word of prophecy. Surely you can praise God for his word. Read Psalm 119, all of the verses in it. It's long but it all exalts the word of God. And if that won't make you thankful, I don't know what will. So give thanks to the Lord, give praise to the Lord and see how it changes your life. And when we come together Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night to worship the Lord, let's express our praise and do it for the glory of God, not with just exuberance, emotion and feeling, but thinking about who he is and how he has revealed himself to us. We are most blessed, blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Oh, there's enough to say a praise the Lord, right? So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching this, teachers, and for all that you do. And thank you, those of you who watch this, to keep up with everything while you're gone. God bless you for that. I really, really do appreciate it. So until next week, I pray you have a great, great life and give praise to the Lord. And thank you so much for tuning in for this particular time together.